Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. And this is a new topic, uh, but actually a very common topic to all of us. Uh, we all do lots of patients where we evaluate for hematuria, we evaluate for suspected renal mass or known renal mass, we do all sorts of staging, and we do all sorts of follow-up on these patients. And in this lecture, I'm going to look at patients with renal cell carcinoma who've had nephrectomies, and then we follow them with subsequent scanning. Now, I'm not looking at any patients with partial nephrectomies or RF ablation. This is patients with classic nephrectomies. Now, there are many factors that are known. Obviously, metastasis can occur early or can occur late. Uh, it depends on the aggressiveness of the tumor. Obviously, with very extensive tumors, IVC involvement, extensive nodes, perivascular invasion, often the entire tumor cannot be removed. But we'd like to consider early recurrence in under one year and late recurrence over 10 years. And the best example of a late recurrence might be metastasis of the pancreas, which averaged about 15 years after the initial presentation. Now, the appearance of metastasis tends to follow the vascularity of the primary tumor. Now, we always make the point that 85% of renal cell carcinomas are vascular, so the metastasis are vascular. And that's true whether they're early or they're late, and that's true whether it's in the liver or the pancreas or the lymph nodes or adrenal glands. As I'll show you, many of the mets are vascular, which makes it easy for us to detect, assuming we do early phase imaging. And I'll also show you that uh, particularly with the smaller and early metastasis, when there's no size distortion of specific organs, if you don't do arterial phase imaging, you're going to miss lots of metastasis. And that's why I say that arterial phase imaging is indeed very critical. And I mentioned pancreas and liver there, but I should also mention adrenal, for example. Now, if you look at sites of metastasis from renal cell carcinoma, classically, lung is number one. And in this lecture, I'm not going to speak at all about lung metastasis or metastinal metastasis, which is also common. I'm going to speak about the intra-abdominal uh, processes and things that also are in the abdominal CT. So I'll mention the spine or bone, and I'll mention muscle. And then number two, liver and bone are very tight, so if tissue is right up there, and pleura. So those are the sites, but obviously there are many other sites, and we'll discuss them. Now, in terms of protocols, what are we doing? Uh, we tend to use water as a contrast agent. Um, we, tend, we always use IV contrast material. Um, it's very important, of course, that the contrast particularly be done in um, early phase imaging to get up to arterial phase, and we typically do two phases. Some people are doing three phases. We're trying to cut back to two, but surely at least two is necessary, and one of them better be arterial. Now, there's some articles about this, and there's a lot being written now. You can see this article I put together is from 2010. Uh, I've spoken to you before about how we speak about how CT is used for determining uh, potential resectability based in part on neovascularity and size. And here's an article commenting that highly vascularized metastatic renal cell carcinomas, as shown by high baseline tumor flow, appear to have a worse prognosis than those who do not. Tumor perfusion may be useful biomarker of prognosis and in the future may assist in treatment stratification. And you can see that the point I'm showing this slide for is to emphasize that not only can the arterial phase be used for picking up lesions, but also for categorizing lesions and big impact on patient triage. Now, another thing to comment on, this article by Smith, objectively measuring changes in both tumor size and attenuation in the first contrast CT after targeted therapy for metastatic renal cell markedly improves response assessment. Distinct patterns of disease recurrence are seen with patients on targeted therapy. 
And what they said also was that one or more target metastatic lesions had decreased attenuation of over 40 Hounsfield units in 59% of patients with progression-free survival of greater than 250 days, and 0% of patients with early disease progression had this finding. So not only is the vascularity important to determine aggressiveness, but vascularity is a good sign that the tumor treatment is working because you can see here that if the attenuation dropped by greater than 40%, then there was almost a 60% survival, but if it did not drop, the patient basically had zero survival. So again, very, very important factor there. Another thing Smith mentioned in this regard, tumor long axis measurements and volumetric mean attenuation of target lesions were correlated with time of progression. Um, and these enhancement really was the key thing. So again, something to think about and something to um, really think about as we go through this talk. So let's look at some of the appearances. And here's just a classic uh, appearance of the kidneys, normal position, something we're all familiar with. Um, the reason I show this diagram is so I can show you the next two diagrams and comment on what happens when the right kidney is removed or what happens when the left kidney is removed. When the right kidney is removed uh, with a nephrectomy, what happens is the colon tends to rotate posteriorly, the duodenum drops posteriorly, and nature abhors a vacuum, so things fall into the renal bed. Now, sometimes that can be confusing. Obviously, we always worry about tumor occurrence in the renal bed, but these are normal structures, so at times, one can kind of scratch your head saying recurrence versus variation, so important to get good visualization of bowel in that scenario. And if you take that away from the diagram to the real life, nice example, right nephrectomy, you can see the large bowel is falling posteriorly, the liver has dropped back a tad bit, and you can see this case is interesting, the patient has a solid mass in the left kidney now, but nice visualization axially, and nice visualization on a coronal display as well. Small bowel and colon are falling back into the renal fossa. Another example, right nephrectomy, and I'm gonna stick with right for a moment. Uh, you see the adrenals nicely there, there you see the clip, and there you see the right nephrectomy. Again, notice the bowel falling in there. Again, the key thing, of course, is that that's where people get recurrences commonly in the renal bed, so you wanna make certain you're not overcalling or undercalling the presence of disease. Here's from the CTA map. There's a vascular lesion in the liver, which you can tell is a hemangioma. GDA looks good. And again, here's uh, just some more images. Now, I'll remind myself and yourself that one of the issues sometimes is the pancreas falls back a bit. And we've seen this particularly in non-contrast CT or where someone's not thinking clearly, call this a recurrent tumor. So again, something to be aware of. Things will fall backwards, things will slip in patients with right nephrectomies. So nice example there. And then here's another set of images very nicely. Um, showing you the duodenum and it's falling more posterior. And here it is again, just lots of images. When patients have more extensive tumors, they may also get IVC resection uh, because of tumor extension. And you can see a nice example here. So those patients may have a bit more scarring in the renal bed. Here's a nice example of that IVC uh, reconstructive. There's that tube that was reconstructed. And you can see clips by the uh, psoas muscle on the right, a couple drains in place, nicely shown in the MIP imaging that the uh, shunt is patent. There's the left renal vein coming over with a graft. But again, very nice visualization, and I'll show it to you a few different ways. So again, depending on the surgery initially done, there can be a number of appearances 
in the patient's renal bed on the right side. Now the left side has very much similar things that happen. The difference is organ related. We have the spleen and the spleen often slips back right into the renal bed. Uh, colon also falls back, the pancreatic tail can fall back, small bowel can fall back. Some examples. We also can see the stomach falling back a bit, giving a pseudotumor, which was the case here, and this set of images nicely there. You can see how the spleen rotates posteriorly, and example, another patient where the uh, small bowel is falling right into the renal fossa. Again, opacification with water, positive contrast, makes your life a whole lot easier in picking up recurrence. Now, what about recurrence? Well, a common thing we'll see is adenopathy. We can see adenopathy very commonly in the renal bed. We can see it in the contralateral renal bed. We can see it in the paraortic regions. And very commonly, as long as the primary is vascular, the nodal masses will be vascular. We can see nodes that are extensive up and down the diaphragm, very bulky. We can see nodes going up into the chest or just a few local nodes. And typically, we'll describe very small nodes, but a node over a centimeter and a half is really what's gonna bother us. So examples. Let's look at the renal bed recurrence in this patient post-right nephrectomy. And you can see here a small hemangioma right lobe of liver, but look at those nodal masses. You see it's cystic, and here I'll show you again another set of images. Very large mass encasing what was the region of the right renal artery, bulky in the aortocaval space, just very, very nice appearance. And you can see as I go through this set of images, in this case, the nodes cross the midline, lift the aorta off the spine. The nodes are enhancing on the early phase imaging. They're also necrotic. That's very common. But the enhancement is, is a very, uh, we mentioned before some of its importance, but also something we see commonly in the renal cell. Other things can give enhancing nodes. Islet cell tumors can give enhancing nodes. We talk about Castleman's disease. But you gotta think, obviously, in this case, with nephrectomy, renal cell carcinoma. And sometimes the enhancement is best seen on the later phase images. And you can see here a little bit later that the uh, necrotic nodes have some rim enhancement. The aorta is lifted off the spine. So very, very nice example of those enhancing nodes. So good example, necrotic, rim enhancement, large, left of midline, and in renal fossa. Another patient, uh, status post-nephrectomy, and we're sticking with the right side for a moment. You can see this patient has nodes in the chest pushing on the uh, GE junction, not uncommon to go from the diaphragm upward. And then here you can see an example. Uh, there's some nodes around the patient's uh, celiac axis, and we'll uh, follow this down a bit. Um, and you can see nodes in the celiac, the nodes are enhancing. And we follow this in a coronal display. And you can see there are celiac nodes here. Celiac nodes, we think about typically esophagus, we think about stomach, but metastatic renal cell, lymphoma, both can go over there. Um, but again, you can see that sometimes the nodal spread is away from the renal bed and away from the area you typically think about it and gone to areas like the celiac axis. And again, the enhancement is impressive. Another example, right-sided, the patients had, uh, uh, particularly patients with involvement of the IVC, you can get very large nodes. Here you can see nodes in the periodic region growing up literally to the diaphragm. Here it is in 3D. You can see some of the changes in flow in terms of the left femoral vein, but very nice example. And let's go again, another case. Now, I will admit sometimes it's a little bit tricky uh, when you're looking um, for nodes because 
Uh, if you only have non-contrast CT, at times it looks like cava. It can indeed be very tricky what you're looking at. And in this case, just look very carefully as I look through the images. As you go to there, to here, where you can see this large nodal mass sitting between the aorta and IVC. It's enhancing. Gosh, if you didn't know better, you could say a pheochromocytoma, you could say islet cell, but right in the nephrectomy, very nice recurrence, aortocaval space, a very vascular lesion, which is nicely shown here on the sagittal view as well. So those are common recurrences. I gave you a right renal bed focus. Let me take you over across the aisle to the left side. Everything tends to be the same, right? Here's left nephrectomy. So we're going to, again, think about small bowel falling backwards. We're going to think about uh, the colon falling backwards in this case. You can see it. We can show very nicely the uh, spleen falling and rotating backwards. But again, we need to be looking very carefully for the presence of recurrence, which can occur very easily. We can see this clips in the renal bed, and the amount of clips will indeed vary. I showed you before some examples, and I'll show you another example of the patient's right kidney functioning normally and the screening contrast normally, and now showing you the patient's left renal bed where the spleen is sitting almost looking uh, like it's a kidney, but again, it's just simply rotation, and it has the CT urogram. So those are the normals, abnormals. Follow this patient, spleen's rotated posteriorly, pancreas is dropped back, but look at that large nodal mass. Left nephrectomy, local recurrence, nodal bed, hypervascular, nicely shown there, or in these other two images. You can see it here as well, hypervascular lesions in the renal bed, classic recurrent renal cell carcinoma. I'll come back to this later, but look at the patient's right adrenal. There are also metastases in the patient's right adrenal gland, very nicely shown. But a very nice example, and here are two more images, of recurrence in the left nodal bed. And again, here's that patient's adrenal gland, which washes out. So just to make the point here, and I'll come back, uh, this is a good example of uh, left nephrectomy, renal cell carcinoma, METS to the contralateral adrenal gland. Many surgeons will remove the same adrenal. Uh, the contralateral no one takes out prophylactically, of course, and that's a common site of either early recurrence or even presentation at time of disease. So very nice example again here. What else, another example. Here's another patient with a left nephrectomy. Patient actually has a myelipoma of the left kidney, but look at that mass right by the uh, renal bed, almost looks like it's a pancreatic mass. That was a local recurrence of a renal cell carcinoma. And you can see it's next to the surgical clips. Very, very nice visualization, no problem. If you call the pancreas, well, they gotta come out either way. But uh, just again, very nice visualization of that finding, and I'll show it to you one more time right there. So we can see very nice local recurrence. Um, what else can we possibly see? Uh, another example, extensive nodes. So here the nodes are um, uh, in the periodic region, in the chest, and you follow it down, look how bulky the nodes are, left nephrectomy. So again, I've showed you a spectrum of nodes. Sometimes the nodes are just way too large. I mean, just incredible nodes. This could look like lymphoma, obviously had a left nephrectomy and renal cell. So renal cell nodes typically are smaller, like the ones I showed you, one to three or four centimeters in size, but can be bulky, look identical, lymphoma, a large sheet of tumor here, and in cases there are patients right renal artery, just really growing up and down. Um, not a very difficult diagnosis. You notice the kidney's missing. It's a very simple home run diagnosis. And so, again, chest and abdomen. Now, what else can we look at? 
There are many other places where we see metastasis, uh, including um, to the contralateral kidney. And I'll tell you what we'll do is why don't we pick this up next time. And with that, have a great day.